Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Holy shit. January 29th, 2021. Pre-orders for Warren's Human Work LP will go live along with a new song premiere. So please do yourself a favor. Follow From Within Records on Instagram and Twitter. And also follow Warren on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date for when the pre-orders and the new song goes live. Trust me, you're going to want to be on the ball for this one. It's a long time coming and I'm really stoked to finally hear new music from Warren. Such an awesome band. So please support From Within Records. Please support Warren. But also don't forget there's a ton of new stuff coming. New LP coming from MH Chaos coming out of Chicago, which I'm super stoked for. Payback discography on CD. Still can't wait for that. Striker coming out with a new EP. Like I said, if you haven't, please go check out their band camp or boot up Spotify, Apple Music and go listen to the demo. Such an awesome band. And Shackled, shout out New Jersey Hardcore. I really can't wait for new music from them. I, I seriously love Shackled. Shout out Dylan. And man, I love From Within Records. So please support them because they support us. And on today's episode, we track down Nate Miller, Jeff Yuma to do our first MMA show of the year. And I'm really stoked that we got together to do this. I love mixed martial arts. I love the UFC. And this is going to be a crazy month. We got three cards back to back. So we're bringing you three MMA podcasts back to back. We're going to be really consistent this year with these MMA podcasts. So I hope you guys are stoked just like we are. These are so much fun for me. Uh, Nate and I talk on a regular basis about MMA and Jeff and I have been texting every card. So it just made sense for us to get together and just start to do these more regularly and it's a treat for me because obviously I have my own opinions when it comes to the sport of mixed martial arts, but it's always fun to get together with like-minded people and even just talking to them and having different uh, opinions and even different picks for these fights. It's, It's just fun to be able to actually talk real sport with people who are just as knowledgeable as me and just as passionate about it as me. So these are some of my favorite podcasts and I am really stoked to finally see max holloway come back i i will die on the hill that he won that second uh fight against alexander volkanovsky and it it just pisses me off that it went to the judges and it didn't go his way but you know that's just a part of mixed martial arts i've had my heart broken so many times with these whack-ass decisions but uh there's nothing that i can do i just gotta live with it and just push on in my opinion, we're still in the blessed era, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this main event, Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater, uh, but shout out Calvin Cater. He's a great fighter as well. He's out there with the the New England Mafia, him and Rob Fawn, everybody down there, so I'm stoked on the matchup, but I, I really, uh, ah, okay, I'll just, just listen. You'll get my, uh, uh, my opinion on, on this uh, main event, but I'm stoked that Fight Island's back to their back or they were finally going to be in the new Eddie hot arena, which was supposed to premiere or debut last year, but due to the pandemic, they weren't able to do that. But here we are in 2021. They're there. They're going to have fans in attendance. It's going to be insane. But also for this card in particular, UFC on ABC, uh, first time that the UFC is going to be on ABC, big network television. They haven't been on network TV since they were on Fox. I I think the last card was at, uh, and this is me going off the top of my head. I think it was, uh, Kevin Lee versus uh, Al Iquinta too. Uh, don't quote me on that, uh, but I think that was the last time they were on major network television. But this is a great opportunity for uh, the UFC to get in front of people who probably wouldn't have checked them out. 
people who could be channel surfing and are on Saturday afternoon. So I'm stoked for that. But if I'm being honest, I don't really see the value in it, but that's just me uh, probably not being that knowledgeable. I think uh, streaming on ESPN plus is the future. I, uh, I would be surprised if fans of MMA don't already have that app and are there tuning in. Uh, but who knows? Maybe this is just a stepping stone to bring people over. So I'm not mad at it, but I just don't see the value in it. But uh, that's just my opinion. But seriously, so stoked on being able to sit down with uh, some of my best friends, uh, Nate and Jeff, to talk about mixed martial arts. I know we were supposed to have um, Andrew from Payback on this episode, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. I specifically asked for him to be on this episode because I know that he's a huge Max Holloway fan. And I, I just like to have people on when I know that their favorite fighters are on just to get a different perspective. But Andrew will be back, so uh, just be patient. Um, he'll come on at some time. We have something scheduled in the future but I don't want to talk about that, about that just yet. So I hope you guys enjoy this MMA show as much as we did. So strap in and without further ado, welcome Nate Miller and Jeff Yuma to the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Nate and Jeff. How's it going, guys? Going well. How's it going? It's going good. Living the dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to finally be back here with you guys. Our first MMA podcast of the year, which is insane because this is the start to uh, a crazy week um, or a crazy string of cards on Fight Island. So I'm seriously stoked to have you guys back and to be doing these MMA podcasts again. You know, it's. I mean, if people have been listening before, it's a little different because they can actually see us now, you know? So that's a little, that's a little, a little different right there, you know, a little well, special. Yeah. Well, you didn't well, mention that. You made it seem like we just jumped on in. Like we're talking on the phone again. Okay. We, we, we upgraded, we, we upgraded to zoom. So we're all on camera. We all have our sweet virtual backgrounds. So you, you guys will get a little, little taste of that in the future. But, um, <laughs> But seriously, I already got them lined up. I already got them lined up, boy. All right. Nate's being fashionable with his uh, virtual backgrounds. I, I like it. This is uh, normally when I do th these uh, calls or resume, uh, the guests that I have don't really participate with the fun when it comes to virtual backgrounds. So I'm stoked that you guys have virtual backgrounds. It makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, I just downloaded Zoom today. Zoom today. I never even had an account. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, so. I, I had one, but usually... I'm using like Google Meets or or WebEx, but this is cool. I like it. Yeah, honestly, I, I feel like they've made it uh, just so easy because I, I I tried to do one podcast and here's like a random story. I, I tried to do this one podcast with this guy, uh, good guy, and he insisted on using uh, Google Hangouts. And I was like, all right, like, let's do it. It can't be that hard. But like, I'd never used Google Hangouts. So like all my, my mapping for my audio channels were all messed up. And I, I was trying to do it on the fly because I didn't think it would be that complicated, but it was just a total disaster. And then we ended up just defaulting to Zoom in the end because it was just taking like way too long and I couldn't figure oh, it out. Yeah. It, was, it was seriously so annoying. Yeah. Well, Zoom is awesome because it's so universal at this point. And most people, when they think of video chats, you're probably going to think of a Zoom call, you know? Yeah, and it came out of nowhere, too. Like, it literally, you know, before last year, who knew, you know? 
And it's funny because you had like Google and all these people had all this stuff in place. They just didn't push it as fast as they should have, you know? I feel bad for Skype because you think about uh, when I used to, before Zoom, I I used to do these things either over the phone or over Skype. But when Zoom came out, I just kind of apprehensive because I was like, I don't really need two video call like programs and more and more people just started using Zoom. And I was like, all right, well, like, let me tab in and check it out. And seriously, I can't remember the last time anybody uh, chose uh, Skype over Zoom when I presented them the options. So. Whoa. So what even happened to Skype then? Is it like a MySpace to Facebook kind of deal? Uh, where it's, it's, converted? it's still pretty popular because a lot of people use it for calling and stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you start seeing Zoom take over. And also Skype has some different functionality, like you can share your screen and do a few things. I don't know if you could do that in Zoom. Uh, I don't think you can do that in Zoom, but I, I, Skype is now integrated into Windows. So you can... There's like a little thing on your taskbar if, if you have it enabled, like meet now yes. to try Skype's to make it pretty popular still. But yeah. I, I think Zoom just really took honestly probably took more away from like Google and like Amazon and Facebook, who probably already had had this type of format ready, but just didn't push it at the right time. Luck of the draw, you know, whatever happened to uh, remember that they were doing um, Instagram chat rooms, like video chat rooms. Do you guys remember that? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. They were trying to push that for a little bit, but then I think they, I, I, I don't even know if it's still waited for a pandemic. Yeah. It's, it's, this whole video thing is strange. Like obviously zoom and this stuff is cool, like great technology, but I would much rather, you know, be sitting in a room with you guys in person. Cause I feel like that'd be like, you know, like way better in different vibe. I know. It's like, I haven't seen you in ages. <laughs> I wonder if, I mean, obviously, cause more people, a lot of people seem to be using zoom. But I'm wondering if the pandemic has caused Skype to make way more money than they typically would have because a lot of people are video conferencing. Yeah. Like you think they would have experienced a an uptick in in revenue because of this, even though you're competing with like Zoom and stuff like that? Yeah, I think it's just natural. You know, if people already have these systems in place, they're not gonna be like, let's it's mainly like if people weren't already doing video conferencing, they're not gonna, you know. Yeah. That's where they would have picked up Zoom or Skype. And Zoom was just so much easier and so much cheaper at that point, you know? Skype already had like a its foot in the whole, you know, in the whole fucking business. So it's either or. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Skype's like the OG for this sort of thing, aren't they? Yeah. Like I've heard of Skype like eight years ago. Yeah. 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 Skype. Still widely used. I, it's actually a lot of international use. I don't know. Is Zoom international? Uh, I, I'm not sure if, if I'm being honest. Um, before our call, I had to purchase a, a license, and they try to sell me on like uh, Zoom calling, like being able to to make phone calls with this. So I think they might have, or they are international now, if they weren't before. I gotta let my cat out. He's <laughs> totally fine, um, but he's like, um... this is. A pretty historic event. Uh, they're, they're titling it um, UFC on ABC, uh, Holloway versus uh, Cater, which is pretty insane. I, I think back to when I loved Twitter for uh, being able to spoil the announcement for UFC on Fox. This is like going way back. And I'll, I'll never forget 
Um, this was before uh, they had that deal with Fox and before any announcements um, happened. But like like it was like maybe like five or ten minutes before they made the official announcement on TV. Uh, you know, journalists like Errol Hawani and other people who were there uh, were posting uh, pictures on Twitter of the new logo. And I was remember just being so blown away. I'm like, holy shit, this sport has come so far from being like this weird um, niche thing to where people just didn't really understand to now just being on like a major network it, it was like such a cool feeling and just uh just a, a cool feeling of like validation because for being such a diehard fan of the sport and always being looked at as a weirdo for liking this like you know thing that used to be underground now it's like one of the biggest things ever so for it to finally be on such a big network as abc and one that has a rich history when it comes to fighting uh, i'm really stoked and really happy and hope that it delivers because if, if you guys think back to the the first card on uh, Fox, Big Fox with uh, Kane Velasquez and JDS. It was this was crazy, crazy buildup, crazy buildup. The main event ended um, really, really short because, uh, you know, Kane was injured, got knocked out by by JDS. Uh, but it, it was still a good card. And, uh, and I'm trying to think, who is it? There was a fight before that uh, was super fucking awesome that it was on the prelims, but then they put it to air on Big Fox because it was such a good fight. Um, now I'm drawing a blank. Was it Ben Henderson? I think it was Ben Henderson. Hold on. Let me look that up. Yeah, it'd probably be best to look it up. It Honestly, it's pretty cool, though, like to see them back. Because this is ever since the Fox uh, deal was over, they haven't been on actual like television, cable television. So for them to come back, and especially on CBS, you know, like not like actual CBS, not like CBS Sports, things like that. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid. In order oh, to ABC, not CBS. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I remember. I remember as a kid, if you were to go to like a video rental place, um, not necessarily like a blockbuster, but like more of like a smaller video rental place, we had this one where they had a section where it was like faces of death, porn, yeah. UFC. Like, and UFC was lumped into the same category as all oh, that, okay. like crazy yeah. shit that you're not going to be able to see anywhere else because it's so violent and scary, you know. Yeah, I think we had that in Video Depot, right, Jamie? Like they had stuff like that. If or... I'm if I'm being honest, I wasn't really paying attention to mixed martial arts uh, when I was going to Video Depot. I I, I didn't start paying attention until like I was like probably like a junior or senior in high school. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't pick it up anyway, but it's just mm -hmm. Video Depot actually kind of carried not you know maybe a little more CD stuff than you know Blockbuster Hollywood Video a little more too. But uh, man, I loved Hollywood video. I miss it was, that was one thing, man. Just going the Grant shit. I mean, it's all different ball game. I mean, you look at shit on, uh, you know, like a store, you know, like Microsoft or like Google Store Play. It's not the same as like picking out of like renting something, you know. Yeah, going to Blockbuster and stuff like that was definitely an experience. Begging my mom or my dad to to take me just to try to get. Um, some games because there's two games that I remember that were like super hard to get. Um, I remember Mortal Kombat 3 came out, could not find that at any Blockbuster. We went to like Blockbuster Video Depot, it was always rented out. And then the other big one was uh, Super Smash Brothers for the 64. I, I remember seeing it in um, like an EGM or something back in the day and just thinking, like, holy shit, all these characters from these big games are together in yeah. a, a fighting game. I was like, I need that. And it was like too expensive for me to convince my mom to buy it for me, but I was like, I could definitely convince her to rent it for me. So yeah. I begged her and she, she would take me to blockbuster and it was just never there. Cause it was so popular. And then I remember one day she told me if I, 
went with her to Blockbuster, like I'd have to go with her to work because she wouldn't, um, she wouldn't have time to take me back home. And I was like, I don't care if that's what it takes for me to get this game for rental. Like, let's do it. So I remember I went with her, went to Blockbuster. It was there. I had to sit at her job with her for like eight hours because I was, um, I didn't have a way home. I was like, I think like fourth grade or third grade or something. Yeah. And I remember I was too tired to play it when I got home, but like that's all I thought about at school the next day. I was like, I can't wait to get home, get on the <laughs> stupid bus and get home, and I'm just going to play Smash Brothers. It was seriously such a fun thing, but um, yeah, th- th- there's nothing really like that anymore. And But I don't know. I don't know if I would like that uh, these days in uh, you know, yeah. 2021. Some also, lazy. you're an adult, too. So, yeah. I mean, it's like you can buy whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Like, like just budget. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Because I, I think about it, like I, I have friends like shout out um, my friend Timmy. He's like uh, really into collecting uh, DVDs. And we used to go to this local video rental spot. And this is like way after Blockbuster. This is like, like maybe like three or four years ago. We would still go to this local spot that he knew about. And I would go in there. And I'm like, how the fuck is this place still in business? Because I was just like looking around like everything's available for rent. And I was like, this is this is a scary place to be. I would not want to be this business owner. But um, yeah, there's still a, there's still a market for it. Because like, like I said, like my buddy Timmy, he's like really into that that whole experience and just collecting and just still, um, you know, having that whole vibe. So it's weird. That's cool. Yeah. I actually still have like a bunch of the UFC, like old school UFC DVDs that they would put out after each Mm pay-per-view. And I have God, probably like the first five ultimate fighters on DVD because, uh, Hastings was going out of business and they had a bunch of them for dirt cheap. So I just scored a bunch of DVD or DVD uh, UFC shit, and it's pretty cool. Might be worth something one day, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe because you know a lot of those type of things, like people don't even think about. They're probably like, "Yeah, UFC is not going to be fucking anything," you know, in ten years from now or whatever. Because yeah. you know a lot of questions about the sport at that time, especially. And so to have it on DVD, I mean, they don't. It's not like it got reprinted or they do that anymore. They don't really release their, you know, fights on like a Uh tangible format anymore so yeah not that i know of i think everything just kind of ends up on fight pass right yeah Yeah. Yeah. i feel like that's what they want to direct everybody towards is like go subscribe to a fight pass you have access to the entire library but um, i'm curious uh, jeff do you remember the first ufc pay-per-view that you purchased well so i went through a phase where we would know the UFC fights were coming and we wouldn't purchase the pay-per-view. We would just go camp out outside of like a Buffalo Wild Wings and watch it from the outside in Yuma mm-hmm. or like go get a reservation somewhere and kind of watch it inside of a place like that. Um, actually purchasing probably as as an adult Rampage versus Chuck Liddell. Okay, wow. That, that was a great card. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one was crazy. Other than that, it was, I would either end up at someone's house who had it, or we would, like I said, we would watch it at like a sports bar or something along those lines. Nate, were you at my uh, parents' house when I bought UFC 100? So I'm trying to think back. I don't remember who the fuck was there. I don't think so. I, <sighs> I think, um, the, the, honestly, the first like MMA fight, uh, like, I remember actually watching wasn't even UFC. It was um, Strike Force, okay. and but that was because like I remember like we, I went over the like Ronnies, like mm-hmm. and shout out to Ronnie, and you know them, and that's where I first watched it. I think it was when he was living with Andre, 
and stuff too. I remember watching it. It was like one of the, I can't even remember what it was because for me, I wasn't too into it at that point. So it was just kind of new to me, but ever since then it kind of sparked the interest and I just continued watching it from that point. And to this day, I mean, it's one one of the main sports I pay attention to and actually follow and even, you know, go attend. I don't really do that too often. You know, I usually either invest more in music or like I go, you know, concerts and things like that. That's more like what I prefer, but UFC actually kind of branched me off into that realm. And yeah, I mean, we got to see some crazy fights, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll give credit to Ronnie. He's actually the one that pushed me to uh, pay more attention to mixed martial arts. Cause I was so into watching fights on world star watching kimbo on youtube and stuff and and back then this is me thinking like those are the real fighters like um to have like a referee involved those guys are pussies um but it wasn't (laughs) yeah um, felony fights and and if it wasn't for ronnie (laughs) yeah if it wasn't for for ronnie i wouldn't be such a big fan because he's he he pushed me to to watch stuff like pride he he told me about uh fedor uh andre arlovsky and yeah. uh, kind of just set me on this weird path and i feel like it got to the point where like uh like i got way more into it than him and i was like all right well i gotta i, I can't stop now because this is um, so interesting to me and so i just kept going and just kind of breezed past like his interest and I, I just have never stopped being being a fan yeah i mean we all kind of you all kind of discover something you know what your interests are over time and sometimes it just sparks like that you know it's like you never know what you're going to like until you actually see it or actually experience it. So UFC always kind of knew about them. MMA kind of always knew about it a little bit. You always heard the rumblings, but when you actually started watching it, kind of get involved, you you get this, you know, this following, especially with the fighters and whatnot. Who was like the first fighter you guys like actually like followed like a lot. Like you were like, this is my fighter. Like I want to watch everything with this person. Anderson Silva. What about you, Jamie? For me, this sounds like a weird one. I don't even know why I was such a fan. Um, but uh, do you guys remember uh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter? His name was Amir Sadala. Hell yeah, I remember Amir Sadala. Yeah, for some reason, I, I just wanted to see him win so bad. And I, I just was so invested in watching Tough for some reason. Uh, you know, just, being able, just being able to see him you know, start there and just kind of work his way through the UFC, I was just so invested. But um, yeah, so it was him. Uh, and not even like some big name superstar. It was just like, yeah, this guy off the Ultimate Fighter that I, that I followed. But um, other than that, I, I I really like. And it just sucks because being around for so long, you see your, your favorite fighters like all just kind of fall off. So I, I remember I was such like a huge Gilbert Melendez fan, and yeah. I and I would swear up and down. Once he got to the UFC, he would he would destroy everybody. And when he got there, he, he did it okay. But it's just like, oh god, yeah. it's just yeah, just such a bummer. And just to see his last fight, it just such a it just breaks my heart. But, he he was also kind of old by the time he got to the UFC, mm-hmm. and I would have liked to have seen that sort of thing happen maybe a couple years earlier. But True. MMA was a lot weirder back then; it was kind of more divided. Yeah, yeah, a lot of different choices. And there's really just no like real cross promotion when it comes to the UFC. It's like yep. the other promotions will do it, like you know, Bellator, Strikeforce. They've done it with the Japanese companies or the Asian yeah. companies. But when it comes to the UFC, there's nope. Which I totally get it. Like obviously they want to you know prop their brand up. They don't want to kind of let like in the perspective of the audience. They don't want other people to think that these other companies are on the same level as them. Yeah, because especially if you lose, I mean that's what happened with Strike Force versus UFC. You know, 
Yeah, a lot of the Strike Force people that came in and actually did pretty well. Oh man, who did they send? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why can't I think of the guy's name? He was um uh he'd walk out to to Hate Breed. Um, uh, Matt Brown. No, yeah, no, Matt Brown. No, not Matt Brown. Or was, someone else. Someone else. <laughs> oh, they, I mean, at least shout out to Matt Brown. He's on this card too. Yeah, We're gonna talk about. He's gonna come up. But I can't wait for that. By the way. Yeah. When uh, USC bought Strike Force, um, they were uh, they sent somebody down. I, I, I looked this up. They they sent him down to fight Jacare Souza, and um, everybody was just like, "What is going on? Like, why is like because uh, they're trying to get a, a matchup for him, but no big UFC name wanted to go to Strike Force to fight Jacare because at the time Jacare was like a big name, you know, champ and uh, just a killer. So it was just a big risk that they weren't willing to take. Um, hold on, not look this up. Yeah. <laughs> And then they rematched again in the UFC, and the guy got demolished the same exact way. Um, wait, hold on. Uh, Chris Camozzi, there we go. That was his name. Do you guys remember that? They sent him Chris Camozzi from the UFC, the Strike Force. He got whooped, and then a couple years later, he got the rematch and got whooped again. It was insane. I yeah, I straight up don't don't even recall that. And yeah. normally, if a fighter has some like badass walkout music. I would I would remember it. That's kind of crazy, especially if it's like Hatebreed or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah. he was affiliated with uh, in hardcore in some way because I because I know uh, uh, he was getting shouted out by like Code Orange, and I, I think it's just from where he was from. If I'm being honest, uh, that's cool. Yeah, but that was just some some crazy crazy times. But I, but I was I'm stoked to see UFC on such a big platform when it came to Fox. Obviously, the deal didn't work out. I feel like they're in a better place now just having this like digital platform ESPN plus I kind of like everything uh, just there in that one home obviously uh, people have that gripe that they have to pay for ESPN plus just to be able to purchase a pay-per-view I, yeah. I get it um, but it's way better for the UFC because they're maximizing and getting all the money versus having to pay out all these other um, networks just to get on there yeah you know I never thought at least I didn't think it would be this quick but I feel fortunate that we get to see as many fights as frequently as we do. Like it really wasn't that long ago, maybe like 10, 12 years ago where you just had to wait for a pay-per-view every, every two or three months. I mean, think about that. Now we went three weeks without a fight and it feels like it's been forever, you know? Yeah, I know. We're spoiled. I, I, I've been missing it, man. I've been like, you know, getting the hives all scratching your stuff. Like, what's, yeah. what's going on? We're, and we're getting a pretty good headliner too. So I'm, I'm hyped. Hopefully, you know, a lot of people tune in and they, you know, try to push some more on ABC as well. I don't really, and maybe this is just me being uh, like not in tune, but I don't see the, I, I, I don't see the value in them pushing ABC. I, I, I could be wrong because yeah, when I look at it, cable in general is dead. Th- th- I mean, that's my perspective is like, who is really going to be channel surfing on Saturday night? I feel like people who are fans of the MMA are already going to are already have ESPN plus. Uh, I don't really feel like there's a lot of casual fans out there that have no plans on Saturday night and just going to be channel surfing and stumble upon Holloway versus cater, but I could well, be wrong. It, it is it, is it, it's gotta be exclusive ABC, right? Like it's probably uh, not going to be on the ESPN plus app. I'm it's guessing. on ESPN plus it, as well. Yeah, It's on both. It's on both. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's weird to me, is that it starts, I think, at 1 p.m. So yeah. it's kind of a weird time. I think they're anticipating an older audience that doesn't necessarily have an app, per se. 
okay. just going to be channel surfing. They're going to see, ooh, UFC. They're going to stumble upon it. It's on ABC. And maybe you'll get random people tuning in that way because people like us who know the fights are coming, yeah, you're probably going to gravitate towards the app. But people who might not know a name like Max Holloway or Calvin Qatar could stumble upon it just because they're channel surfing and there's nothing else to watch at that time, you know? Yeah. On ABC, I think you can, cause it's kind of like Fox. You can get that on like a Tenna, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it kind of plays into those type of people as well. Cause like, you know, when I worked retail and stuff, they didn't actually have like a cable box. All they had was antenna. So you just had to kind of watch whatever the hell you could find. Yeah. But I remember like ABC, CBS and like those type of basic channels were always available. So I think it kind of plays into that as well, where if someone has an antenna, they might be able to actually watch it. So I think it's a, honestly, I think it's a better, like, because if it was like, let's say on actual ESPN, I'd say less people would probably have the opportunity to watch it in comparison to like ABC. And I think that's what, I think it's a good choice. But I think ESPN Plus is where primarily most people are going to watch it because you're going to get the full quality of the image because a lot of times cable boxes only go up to 720p anyway so mm. i totally forgot Oof. that there is a normal espn i haven't had normal cable in a minute and like i think the last time i actually looked at normal cables when i was helping my parents set up their yeah. spectrum tv app and i was like going through like the like the channel guide i mean this is so weird yeah i had to yeah. watch commercials in between stuff oh my god so I don't normally I don't normally watch like cable or regular TV either, just because that's kind of where I'm at now. But I watched uh, I watched the Bears play because they were in the playoffs, and dude, the commercials were so punishing. Yeah. Like I feel we're spoiled by being able to watch like YouTube or something like that, and you can just skip the fucking ad. And yeah. it felt like these ads would just go on forever and it was clearly stuff that is like not targeted towards our kind of demographic it's for sure targeted yeah. at older people you know yeah it's all the drugs hey, are you suffering from dementia and all these things take this you'll get diarrhea and probably die from internal bleeding <laughs> yeah it's always like it's something man those things it's always like the list of what you'll actually get taking it it's probably worse than maybe just not <laughs> Like yeah i don't have the patience because i feel like i'm even like when i'm on my computer i'm using dual monitors so when like an ad pops up or something i'll either like tab over or i'll just go to my second monitor just to not have to pay attention to the commercial because yeah i feel like 95 percent of the time the stuff they're trying to sell me i'm just zero percent interested yep or i'll just pick up my phone or something yeah, or I'll just laugh because it's like, you know, your CIA agent is like tapped in and they're just selling you stuff that you just talked about like 30 minutes ago. And you're just kind of like, huh, okay, I, I see what's going on here, but I'm still not interested. Like, I, I clicked uh, one like Instagram post about the new Samsung phone that got like unveiled today. And like now, like all my ads are like trying to sell me this new Samsung phone. I was like, this is, this is, this is annoying that they're selling my, selling my data like that. I, I should get a cut of them selling my data. I went to uh, StockX. It's like an app where people can buy and sell sneakers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on, like I actually Googled StockX and just kind of went there instead of using my app. And every single social media that I had, it was just nonstop StockX ads. 
like super overbearing or stuff that was related to it. So they push it. They push that agenda pretty hard, man. It's freaking Eminem. He's pouring all that money into StockX. Yeah. Hey, you know what though? StockX is pretty sick. Have you, have you guys used it? Yeah, I, I feel like they do a really good job with uh, their service because you mentioned sneakers, but they also like do uh, you know like they resell everything. It's like you know they do like yeah. clothes, and I was uh, seeing I knew people who bought PlayStation fives off of StockX for crazy money. It's insane. Yeah, I was uh, I was sitting on some Jordans that I had that I wanted to part ways with, and I was trying to like post about it on social media and like other places like that and like offer like a pretty cheap price. I literally threw them up on StockX for way more and they sold like in a day and the process was super easy. Yeah. I feel like there that's like people are going there to actually buy stuff instead of like, yeah. obviously you could stumble across that one kid um, who you're friends with on social media that would want to buy it. But a lot of times uh, it's probably easier just going straight to, the source and just you know where people go to actually uh resell and stuff like that yeah it's amazing times man if you pretty much find anything if you really want true go to the dark web oh my god they shut that down that's what you think <laughs> i've never been to the dark web oh don't <laughs> just stay away <laughs> oh my god <laughs> jamie was looking for a south korean bride no i I don't think I could ever do like a, a bought a bride situation because I feel like I, I wouldn't have the patience. You don't want to be on 90 Day Fiance? Hell no. <laughs> I watch those shows and I feel sad for those people. You want to be like, a, what's his name? Big Al or freaking the guy uh, with the freaking huge ass neck that's like this freaking wide. Uh, the no neck guy. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I just. That could be you, Jamie. I was just see you walking around South Korea. I'm looking for this bitch. I, I don't know time yo, for that. So I actually used to work with a guy who had a mail order bride. Okay. And he was probably maybe top three, top five most unhappy people that I've ever met in my life. Oh my God. And he and dude, very ugly. So it was just <laughs> like fucked up all around. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, I, I feel like I've seen too many rom-coms uh, and I'm, just still hopeful for a cool, like real genuine connection. I, I don't want to have to go to a website and pay somebody to, to come over here and uh, marry. It, it would just be like so awkward. So I, I couldn't do that. And I, I, we, I have a friend from high school. Uh, I probably shouldn't say his name on here, but he got into one of those situations, uh, uh, just very socially awkward, uh, had like a, a hit list that he wrote out in high school. He's a, a cheater at video games. It's not the not the best person to be around. But um, after high school, he, yeah. uh, he he shacked up with this girl that he met from his his native country. Um, and I was like, okay, like I, I'm not hating on it, but I'm, I I just oh, find it really yeah. really interesting. I have so many questions, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't I don't want to get involved. It doesn't doesn't concern me. So I just I, I just watch from afar. And I'm just like, I, I hope they're happy. Yeah, as happy as you can be, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I've always said like I, I, I've seen so many people settle just because they don't want to be alone, and I'm like I, I, I'm not afraid to be alone. I would much rather, uh, you know, keep my standards instead of lowering them, and uh, just be fine because I, I don't want to lay my head at night with uh, somebody who I'm like always gonna like second guess or just not truly happy with because that'd just be wasting both of our times. And I think 
my time here on earth right now is so precious. So I want to try to maximize my happiness. I'm not going to pay some random person from another country to come over here and to try to suck up my time because they don't deserve it. Here, here. <laughs> going to get expensive Ours. when you try, try to take them to Disneyland now, boy. Oh, rest in peace. Uh, here's a little uh, Disney tangent. Uh, earlier today, they announced uh, at Disneyland that they will be ending the annual pass program. So everybody out there, all my annual pass uh, you know, brothers and sisters, uh, my heart goes out to you and I'm sure we'll get through it. And <laughs> Jeff's reaction. You didn't know that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's pretty messed up, man. Dark, some dark times. Fuck you. Gavin Newsom. It's on site when I see you. Oh, that was him? No, I, no. I, he, he, he's part of it. This is, and I'm so I'm outside of like all the pandemic stuff. This has been long rumored that Disney has been trying to find ways to get rid of this program because annual pass holders are the worst type of guests to go to Disney because they don't spend any money since they have uh, the access to go whenever they want. They don't have to spend so much money because um, out here, the majority of pass holders are, are locals. So they'll spend their money on food and, stuff outside of the park and then go to the park just to go on rides and sightsee and not buy stuff in the parks versus the people who are ticket uh, buyers like the uh, people from out of state out of country those people go and they typically spend more money than the locals so disney's been trying to find ways to get rid of it and it's never nothing official but um, people who are in the know know about this but like every year there's been these like annual increases in prices to try to price people out they even got rid of like the cheapest pass like the socal select and it's just been this long rumor that's been going on that they've been trying to get rid of the program which at the time sounded absurd but here we are now 2021 and it's gone so it's it's pretty wild it makes sense sorry to hear that man that's kind of fucked up it's all good it's just we'll figure it out they're obviously going to institute like a new program they said but it yeah, probably won't be reservation based probably yeah but it probably won't be as good as the original program because no joke i was spending like like two thousand dollars like annually to have that pass but i could go every single day i got free parking i got discounts on food and merchandise so the two thousand dollars that i was spending it was such a good deal. Like I felt like um, and Disney was basically getting the shit end of the stick because uh, $2,000 for a whole year of Disney unlimited. I could go as many times as I want. That was like such a good deal. So yeah. I don't, you think, went every day, dude. <laughs> like, I, I, you literally were there. Like yeah, I, I was there. Work. Uh, I was there at least like, you know, three to four times a week, just like hanging out and doing stuff. Which, but, you know, if you were just doing one park, it's like 120, 130, right? That, so, and that's just to get in the park. That doesn't yeah. include parking. That doesn't yeah. include if you want to eat or if you want to buy any merchandise or even the money, the gas that you have to spend to even get there. So it's pretty crazy. Whoa. Yeah. So, okay. Say they bring back a new program, right? But they gouge the price like twice as much, maybe three times as much. Would you still pay? Because I imagine you'd be getting value out of it still right because of how frequently you go so yeah there definitely is a threshold where it um uh, where there still would be value in it it it, it just depends because i was paying monthly for my pass uh, because living here in southern california you're able to just uh, put down like a down payment if you wanted that was an option or you could just do zero down payment and just do monthly payments so my monthly payments for my pass if i remember correctly was like around 117 dollars so I was willing to go up to like $400 a month. So there was still like that, you know, ceiling was still there. So 
as much as I love Disney, I was willing to you know pay that much monthly. Or if they and, and there was talks of them instituting a thing where they're getting rid of the uh, monthly payments and you would have to just do a one uh, payment up front, I was still willing to do that as well. If I had to drop the two thousand dollars up front, like I was more than willing to do that. Um, uh, so if the price is right, I would still do it. But there is a point where it just becomes too much money. And even now with not having been there for almost a year, my lifestyle's changed. I've, I'm you know, doing the podcast now full time. So my uh, schedule is way different than it was back then. Like I, I used to have way more free time, but now since things are way different, I don't know if I'd be going as much. So I don't know if I'm being honest, like I would, if, if there's going to be a pass available in the future, I would definitely have one, but I'm not sure if it's going to be, uh, the top tier one, just depending on what the perks are. And it just has to make sense for me to, to get it. So if, if there's one available in the future, I'll definitely have one. Cause I still love Disney more than ever. Um, I, I've, you know, contemplating, I was even talking to my buddy, Ryan, shout out Ryan from, from Florida. I was, uh, I, I, I talked to him all the time about how I want to move to Florida just so I can just be back in that Disney bubble. Cause out there in Florida, uh, you know, they haven't really skipped a beat things are just like a little bit different, but people still go all the time. Yeah. So would you move to Orlando then? Hundred uh, percent. Well, celebration to, to be specific, because Disney, yeah, because there's this town celebration that like was created uh, to be like a Disney town, but then it just turned into like a real town. So that's where my buddy Ryan lives. That's where my uh, Disney crush Raven lives. So we're gonna move, or that's where I want to move. So we can be one big happy Disney family. So I can hang out with Ryan and Raven all day. Why did you want to hang out with me? Dude. I came over here. Yo, I am totally pulling for you, man. That would be badass. And you got to think the cost of living compared to where you're at now is probably so much less and so much more manageable. Oh, yeah. And and what's crazy, too, is if I because um, I, I have like a, a corporate job, if I transfer within my company, I still keep my same rate of pay because I, I like legally um, just the way the contracts um, were dealt. I can't get bumped down in pay. I could only get bumped up. So um, no matter what, wherever I move. Like they have to pay me the same at least. So the lowest amount is like I'll be making the same, but obviously there's room to make more. So even if I go out there now with the money that I'm making right now, I'd be like way, way more rich. But, but it's just an idea. I, I don't seriously. It's not like I'm you know looking into apartments or whatever. But it's like worst case scenario. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be part of this mass exodus of leaving California. Well, see you on the other side, buddy. I'll still be in Palm Springs. Yeah, Boston is nice, dude. You go so hard for Disney. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's seriously cool. <laughs> well, it's just it, it's 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 this weird thing that was just like kind of like wow. Obviously, it was there growing up. Uh, you know, my mom and uh, family. We were just watching Disney movies growing up, but then moving out here uh, to Orange County, it was just part of the culture. It's like, oh, cool. Like you're moving to Orange County, you need a Disney pass. That's what like you know, my friend group at the time told me, so I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's do it. And let, let's turn this into a thing. Cause I would still go to Disneyland growing up, but I just wasn't going as often cause I didn't live that close to it. But once I moved into the thick of it, once I moved to the city that it's in, it just became like a regular thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, man? I forget if I, if I lived in an area, I mean, it just makes sense, but I think they kind of like, that's a big reason. They just have so much people there and it, adds the capacity as to line cues. So I kind of think if you go once they reopen and you're just, you know, the first initial probably month or two, it's probably going to be super crazy. But if you start going like midweek with a regular ticket, 
you might might be able to write some shit pretty quick, you know, in comparison. I don't know, man. Disney's like a whole different beast because when they opened up like their whole like downtown Disney, just their shopping experience, it it was like packed. And you guys think downtown Disney is the thing that none of the Disney goers would even want to do. It was like the last resort. Like we'd maybe go down there to go buy like an exclusive item or maybe just eat at this random spot. But when that became the only available Disney related thing to do out here, like people like waited would wait hours just to get in to go. Um, yeah. spend money seen it first time yeah, yeah. Nate's, Nate's been there a couple times I've been there like a couple times it's it's, it's insane so so whenever they reopen the parks I feel like it's just make a whole different beast just because it's been gone for so long and you gotta think about uh, like Disneyland is just like such a destination spot when you think about like the amount of visitors from other countries that would just come there on a daily basis I don't even know yeah. how, how they're gonna manage it because it's gonna be I feel like it's going to be way busier than it ever was. Yeah. I guess we'll have to find out. You know what we're going to talk about now, motherfucker? We're going to talk about this. UFC, boy! Back back to MMA. Uh, (laughs) This card, this um, UFC on uh, ABC, uh, prelims, uh, definitely lacking. I, I know this card has been hit by a lot of, uh, uh, you know, fights being moved around due to, uh, corner man or fighters getting covid which sucks but if we can just talk about the main card i, I feel like yeah. that would be a good place to start on our uh you know our next uh three week journey of um, mma podcasts but where do you guys want to start uh so- i mean the main one would i mean the they have like two undefeated fighters i'm not really too familiar with either of them i can't to row Vic and uh, Serrano. Yeah, I don't know who those people are. I've never seen them fight. That that's honestly like this card has a lot of people. You're not too. I I wouldn't be surprised to get a lot because I mean this is their only time they can really get a lot of European fighters on the card because there's not a lot of people that can come to the U.S. And so, and also I think this is like a good way how they introduce a lot of new talent because I guess the first card like fighter that most people would recognize would be Buckley versus uh, Trico. Which uh, Buckley, you know, coming off that crazy KO, that's pretty much where we start noticing like the name value. But you know, Buckley, he really shot the fame from Fight Island and all that too. So I mean, he really took advantage of you know the pandemic and what happened. You know, like, and I wouldn't be surprised if prelims were surprised by some of these people because you know they always like for those type of prelims since it's only going to be on ESPN Plus. They usually share those on like Twitter and like, you know, if it's like a crazy KO or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some interesting fights come out of those because especially when they're new, they got a lot to prove, a lot to show, you know, but yeah, you pointed out something when we were talking earlier, Jamie, about uh, Buckley's opponent. <laughs> you think he's just a lamb to the slaughter? Yeah, I you got to look at Buckley, obviously. They uh, want to prop him up because he had that uh, insane KO on Fight Island. And then even his last fight comes back with another KO. So I'm thinking their line of thinking is that they want to showcase his skills and hope that he gets another great knockout, especially on network television. So they're they're, they're serving up a guy who is on a three-fight losing streak, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because – Buckley, he's on a two-fight winning streak. Um, you know, he's up there. His last loss was to Kevin Holland, who's a highly ranked fighter. 
um, who's on his way to a title shot. So in, in my eyes, I feel like he should have got somebody uh, a, a little more seasoned, maybe even somebody in the top 10 or maybe even top 15. But to get a guy who's on a three fight losing streak, uh, it's, it's just uh, kind of blows my mind. And it just makes me think like th- that's the only reason why he's getting somebody who's on such a bad streak is that they're just trying to prop him up to uh, showcase him to the whole world on ABC. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I thought that before this got announced that UFC was going to angle towards him versus James Cross because there was like some beef there Mm -hmm. and some animosity. Yeah. And Cross has been known to like move up and wait before and like kind of hold his own. So I thought that was going to happen, but I totally understand their line of thinking because they want the ABC card to be super exciting. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, they're expecting Buckley just to do something spectacular against him and, or just knock him out savagely. Yeah. I mean, the guy's 12 and five. I mean, so he joined the UFC 12 and two and lost three in a row. Unfortunately happens to people, but it's still, he's pretty close. I mean, Buckley's 12 and three. So, I mean, the records are pretty close, maybe not the same results in terms of what they're doing in the UFC, but it shows that he's had some success, you know, so we'll see, you know, maybe this is his time to shine. He's, he's a European. So maybe he's more adjusted to the time over there. Who knows? Yeah. A lot of different circumstances, but I, I do think Buckley probably will take this. I don't know if it'll be as crazy of a KO, but you might be able to knock him out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it seems like the, We'll just call him the other guy because I don't, I can't pronounce that. Alessio, um, his last three fights he lost via decision, so maybe it was like kind of close, and the UFC sees something in him potentially. But I think he's gonna get worked. Yeah, yeah. I just hope Buckley uh, doesn't really feel the the pressure because obviously, uh, two awesome back to back knockouts. People are gonna be just expecting more of that. So I hope he doesn't go for it if that makes sense to, to go and chase the knockout versus letting it just come to him like those other fights yeah yeah that is true i mean people really really get that pressure especially i mean you got awarded ko of the year you know yeah i mean people are gonna have your eyes pinned on you so i mean it's tough to say I, you never know how fame adjusts people i mean he's from what i know he was still working at walgreens he was saying too like in the midst of like, you know, all this, like he didn't want to leave his job. Like he still want, wants to like do that as well. So it's kind of funny, you know? Buckley? Yeah, Buckley. Mm-hmm. He works at Walgreens. And that's why it's like, yeah. he's starting to like shoot up in fame. And he's like, I still go to Walgreens and work. I don't give a shit, you know? Fuck it. Respect. You know? Keep doing you. I, I, I'm for it, you know? Dude, if I walked into Walgreens and I saw Joaquin Buckley, I'd shake his hand. Like, dude, respect spin kick you i probably wouldn't steal for sure <laughs> yeah you probably would hunt people <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe maybe at this point if it's like ufc superstar buckley he probably doesn't give a fuck so i don't know maybe it'd be a good opportunity yeah <laughs> yeah you never know maybe it would be like the i i just don't understand how the motivation would still want to be there to <laughs> yeah, clock like- in they're like, go break down some boxes, Buckley. And they're like, fuck you. What are you going to make me? <laughs> you know, like, you go break down some boxes, asshole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> clocking in for his, his nine to five when it's like 
you know he's made more in his last fight than he did that whole year at Walgreens. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, so 50k like, just from the bonus alone, you know? Yeah, 100. percent So I was just like, well, I don't, I don't know. Ho- I hopefully, know. he gets to the point where he, he doesn't want to, or he gets health to. insurance. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I don't think UFC provides health insurance, so maybe that's why <laughs> for his family and shit. Oh man, hey, you gotta, you gotta think of the whole, the whole freaking picture. I guess I don't know. I'm sure if he does really well at this fight, I think he's going to focus on training full time. I hope so. I want to see his true potential. Yo, do you think back in the day or at any point people would call him fuckly? Hundred percent. People are cruel, dude. People, kids. Doesn't matter. Those are like the funniest. Those are like the funniest type of videos when they're like, oh, like the memes and things like that. They're like, oh man, you sure you can't like. Where they're like, oh, trust me, I know about names. Like they just have like you know, terrible names. But uh, Santiago versus Lee Jelaine. I I think it's just like the Buckley fight. I think they're they're propping up. They're trying to prop up uh, Ponce Nibio's return, and I think he smokes that guy. Dang, right. I don't know. That's that's Jamie's boy. Look at him. He is already like. Right, dude. <laughs> You're gonna disrespect my Asian brother like that. <laughs> Jing Lang. That's how I feel, man. Sorry. No, it, it's okay. It, it, the and it bums me out. The here in the UFC, there hasn't been a good history of top fighters when it comes to uh, you know fighters coming out of Asia. Obviously, right now we do have Wei Li Zhang, so I'm, I'm holding her up to a high standard. Shout out to her being the first um, Asian UFC champion. But just looking yeah. back at the history of um, all these awesome. Uh, Asian fighters that have been in the UFC, they just have never been able to make it over that hump and uh, be top tier. Cool. So I, it, yeah. it, it always bums me out. I look to you know people like um, uh, Sexy Yama, uh, Kung Lee's whack. <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah>. <laughs> Kung Lee's, I, I, I don't claim that Kung Lee. I don't Sexy Yama. Sexy Yama was dope. Yeah, Sexy Yama, yeah. uh, uh, Yushin Okami. He was so close. Um, oh God, who's the, the the flyweight who's doing really good right now? Korean I mean, Zombie. No, Song? Uh, no, uh, Korean Zombies Featherweight. Uh, no, oh, he, no. no, Flyweight. The guy, the guy Cub Swanson fought. No, no, no. The, the guy, he fought uh, De, he fought Demetrius Johnson like way early on. Oh, um, he's in uh, prison, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he just he, fought on the... He just the got his year. title back, too. Yeah, he, he, he just fought on the uh, the New Year's card. Why am I drawing a blank? Hold on. Not to look this up. I know his name too. It's like on the top of my head. Um, Iyama. Uh, it was uh, Norifumi Yamamoto. No. Oh. Yeah, that's probably why uh, he's now fighting Risen and not UFC. Because I feel like you got to have a at least a nickname where people will be like, "Oh yeah, you know, Korean Zombie." You're like, "All right, yeah, I love that guy." But uh, yeah. Oh no! Wait, no! no. So, <laughs> okay, uh, excuse me. Oh, you Correction. said the wrong guy. Yeah, wrong. Uh, it was. Oh uh, man! Again, the Asian people mixed up. My bad. Come my on, bad. Dude, my bad. People. My bad. I, I was looking at the, uh, the the wrong column, but no, I I meant to talk about a uh, Horiguchi Kyoji. That's what I meant. Yeah, I said it started with the H Horiguchi. Yeah. That makes sense. Kyoji yeah, Horiguchi. Yeah, we all we all believed him though. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> But that tells you, like, probably why he wasn't still in the UFC, even though he's a really good fighter, you know? Yeah. It's just the thing is, you know, you got to have that name value. You got to have that push behind you. 
And, you know, hey, I'm glad he's making waves, though. Yeah. So I heard about it. He he left the UFC. Or excuse me. Um, he lost to Demetrius Johnson and then went on a 13-fight win streak. Oh, my God. And then lost to Kai Asakura, but then ran it back and uh, got that win back. So a uh, really talented fighter coming out of Asia. But um, also, yeah, Nate, you did mention Korean Zombie. Uh, tough loss against Brian Ortega, but uh, still yeah. highly ranked. Uh, so We were in Vegas when, when we were watching that, the ramen shop. Remember that? That is true. There's, uh, yeah, that ramen was good. <laughs> Nate and I uh, traveled during the pandemic for his birthday. We braved the storms of the Las Vegas Strip and managed to stay COVID-free. And nice. I don't know how, dude. That place was fucking nasty. <laughs> there was so much people. It was a crazy. Like I've been to Vegas a lot of times, and that's probably the most people I've ever seen in Vegas. It was nuts. I used to live out there for a little bit. I lo- I actually have a lot of love for Las Vegas, but when I was living there. I wasn't normally going to the strip if I was going out. Yeah. It was usually like Fremont Street or something like that. I'm sad that I never got to see you when you were living in Vegas. Yeah. Weird times. It is what it is, man. But so was, you guys got Santiago or you guys going for yeah. what about you, James? I, Unfortunately, um, I, I don't want to pick against, um, you know, my, my, my brethren, but when you look at Santiago Ponzinibbio, um, he was, or not was, he still is on a crazy win streak, and he was, you know, highly ranked in the uh, rankings when it comes to the, the welterweight division. But uh, being sidelined for two years, obviously they're going to have to, you know, take you off. But I feel like with an impressive performance against Lee, uh, he can come back and uh, remind everybody why he was ranked and that he's still a true contender um, at the welterweight division. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely want to see him uh, come back uh, with a great performance and uh, just insert himself back into that crazy division. Cause you, you look at there, there's a lot of interesting matchups for him. If you look at the top 15. So I, I I'm definitely rooting for him because uh, obviously he got injured because uh, he was supposed to fight in 2019. Uh, he was supposed to fight against Robbie Lawler, but then had a pullout due to that injury. So that yeah. would have been a crazy fight, but uh, I'm, I'm just hoping he comes back with a great performance and just gets right back to it. Cause being gone for two years, the whole sport's different, so I'm hoping he's able yeah. to, to bounce back and uh, just get right back to it. Yeah, I think he's going to submit Lee. Okay. So probably we'll see. You know, you never know. That's the that's the great thing about this sport. But yeah, I think we're all in agree agreeing on Santiago. So hey, but the next fight's going to be a barn burner. Hopefully, we got yeah. the natural born born killer versus Matt Brown, the immortal. Oh man, Dang. dude, this is my favorite fight on the card. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I will. Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, no, go ahead because I, I was gonna uh, shit on it, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, I think I think we might be in agreement on something then. Okay. I think it's either gonna be a straight up bloodbath, or it's gonna be kind of boring and on the feet or like clinched up against the cage the whole time. I don't think there's gonna be any kind of in between. But I'm optimistic that both of those guys are just going to completely let it go, especially Matt Brown, because he's super aggressive. And I'm anticipating just a crazy-ass fight. Yeah. I hope um, I hope Carlos Condit takes this, just because, I mean, he's such a great fighter, and then you know he just dropped off pretty bad. I think Matt Brown, he's taken some pretty significant damage recently, and yeah. he hasn't fought in a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think, I hope it's like iron, you know, sharpening iron, like 
Matt Brown is going to be pushing Carlos and just it's going to be fireworks, hopefully. But I can see I know Carlos uh, at a recent interview was saying like this is his last fight on uh, UFC contract. So he, he has to prove himself like he has to really go out there and really set, you know, like I, I deserve to be here. I deserve because, you know, he never achieved gold here, you know, so it's like to leave here, especially with the his past few performances. Luckily, he won his last one. Yeah. But, um, you know, if he lost this one and he goes in the free market, he's not going to not going to really have a good I mean, he'll have that name value that people may want to pick up like PFL or someone. But yeah, it's not going to be the same. You know, the, the reason I'm leaning towards this fight being a barn burner is I have a feeling people like Matt Brown conduit obviously conduit already said he's going to test free agency but a lot of fighters are going to be getting cut and i have a feeling it's going to be people that fall into the matt brown kind of realm of the ufc and you got to think these people probably feel like they're fighting for their jobs yeah just a quick correction Uh, carl's Connett did win the interim title so i don't know if you're Uh, I'm just, you know, I don't know. Just interim for- titles. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you didn't beat the champ. But I feel like this is one of those fights that uh, got booked like too little, too late. Because obviously they've tried in the past. Uh, this is like the third time, and luckily it's actually happening. At, as far as we know, at, at the time of this recording. So I'm I'm happy that they, they finally get to meet. But I just wish it was, uh, you know, at, at a different point in their careers because. Carl's Condit on this, uh, you know, yeah, he beat Court McGee in, in his last fight, but Court McGee is not top competition, which sucks to say because, you know, uh, he, he has an awesome story, great guy. But when you look at his losing streak before that, it was just uh, just really rough to watch Carl's Condit get whooped so many times. And when you look yeah. at Matt Brown's last performance, he fought that that young dude uh, who's on, a, like, he's undefeated, I think, still 10-0, and 0, uh, just murking people. I, I feel like they're both at the end of their rope when it comes to being like UFC caliber fighters. So uh, I, I hope Carl's Condit is able to uh, get picked up somewhere else, uh, you know, whether it be uh, Bellator, uh, PFL, uh, maybe go to Asia, who knows? Because uh, I, I don't see him win or lose still staying in the UFC. Because when you look at the the rest of the, the, the rest of the division, I don't see a whole lot of people that he can be competitive with. Especially when you look at the the uh, you know, upper echelon of the rankings, I I don't think he can stand toe to toe with anybody, which sucks to say because I'm I'm a huge Carl Connett fan, and same with Matt Brown. I, I think he's at the point where he's one of those fighters where um, he's had a good run. Uh, you know his record is uh, you know it's getting up there, it's getting kind of salty. So I feel like he needs to uh, hopefully be able to get a win to you know keep it positive and uh, maybe he just should hang it up and maybe maybe just move on, maybe become a coach or just do something else. Cause yeah. he's uh, been cornering people and yeah, yeah, you know, doing that. So I think he'll probably, I mean, if he retires, I think you'd see him like Matt Sarah and those type of people just continue to be, support new and upcoming fighters, you know? Yeah. Or so maybe hopefully he'd have a lot of perspective. Well, he, he does have his, his coffee business. So maybe he's hopefully he's killing uh, it with that. So he doesn't have to, uh, you know, take fights for money because that—that's the one thing that bums me out is when you know a fighter's fighting just to get money, and that—that's that, like the saddest thing. I don't want to see no. dudes like Matt Brown, who um, I respect, who who uh, you know had some amazing fights, go out like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think this fight 
had it happened in 2012 when both of them were on like really significant win streaks, Mm -hmm. I think that would have been obviously much better, but I stand by it being my favorite matchup on the card. And I'm really optimistic that they're going to push each other and that it's going to be fucking badass. Yeah. Well, hopefully because the matchmakers know what they're doing. Obviously they're, they're professional and they know things that we don't. So for them to put them in such a, um, you know, co-main event on a big card, um, I, I guess, uh, you know, they're expecting uh, a lot, whether it be a crazy brawl or, you know, see some slick submissions because they both have awesome ground games. It's um, a good matchup. I mean, I think yeah. they're both pretty even at this point, especially in the this part of their career. So, you know, hopefully they, you know, maybe with the idea that it might be one of their last with the UFC that they really put it out there. And that's all we can hope for, yeah. you know? And I think that's for all these fights. I hope all these people try to prove themselves and really push themselves forward, you know, even with the newcomers. I'm, I'm hoping that it's an exciting fight and that both of their stock, if, I mean, if possible kind of rises or at least stays the same and yeah. that they can both capitalize off it. Dude, I remember had to have been a couple years ago when Kiesa submitted Condit with one arm. Yeah. You guys remember watching that? Mm-hmm. That was depressing. Yeah, that was crazy. Well, you got to realize Kiesa, the dark horse of the division, he's, yeah. you got to keep an eye on that guy. He's, he, he looks crazy at 170. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt Brown yeah. with his elbows and stuff too. Man, when he freaking starched freaking Diego Sanchez with that elbow. Oh, God. Just the way he collapsed, you just go like, ooh. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. I can't believe. And it, since, like, Carl, uh, freaking um, Sanchez has fought so often, you know, they just announced that he's got his next fight's his final fight, too, which I think is way past. Oh, man. After that last fight, he should have retired. But, you know, hopefully he, he, they give someone maybe closer to his skill level at this point, you know? Like, and, final fight ever or final yeah. fight UFC? Well, final fight UFC, but he he did kind of like insinuate that he was gonna, like he had a change of heart, you know, like he's gonna give one more nightmare. Huh? So, Do you know what that tells me? The UFC is probably already telling these people, like, hey, you're probably gonna get cut. You know, yeah. you might want to look elsewhere, and they're making announcements that they want to try shopping free agency just to kind of save face and keep their value, rather yeah. than being put on the list of people getting cut a lot of the OGs and the vets are probably getting a heads up and getting a little bit of time to kind of get their shit in a row, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Diego Sanchez hasn't looked good since he got off PEDs. No. (laughs) I, I want to say that every single Diego Sanchez fight that I have watched in probably the past three or four years has been a major bummer. Like not even, not even fun to watch because of the kind of decline that guy has gone through. Yeah. Yeah. He should have hung it up a long time ago, which sucks to say, because obviously. Yeah. He's a veteran. He's, he was in tough one. Yeah. How many people from tough one are still fighting and actually at the same level that he is, you know, like he's taken some pretty big risks. He's, he's gotten some rewards too. You know, like he's won a few matches. not like he's uh-huh. been completely shut out, you know, but his last, you one. know, it just looked bad. You know, I, I will say this, uh, He's got to be the only person in the UFC whose corner man is oh like 
what's the word I'm looking for? Worse than Mike Perry's? Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> or more useless? Yeah. Is that is that a good? Then they start. Then they like. I think I saw a joke or something. I don't know if it was real, but then, did they actually start at OnlyFans? Like him and his coach. It, it was clickbait. So I. Okay. Diego okay. Sanchez and his coach. No, see, th- that's where the clickbait happened. So Diego Sanchez did start in OnlyFans, but the um the outlets that were um talking about it, they used a picture of Diego Sanchez and his coach. Okay. Yeah. So that's why there was like some weird confusion. <laughs> but he does. But he has OnlyFans, right? Yes, hundred percent. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder how much he charges. I don't even want to look. I don't even want to bother. Uh, it's just one of those things where, like, what kind of what kind of weird shit is he doing on there? Like, he's kind of weird anyway. He's probably he's probably just doing yoga naked. I mean, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, God. Man, Dude, knows? you think that life coach gets a cut of his OnlyFans? <laughs> probably not. He probably convinced him. Dude, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, <laughs> written into his contract, whatever he does. It's like, me and you are fucking life mates, man. You know, like the... He's like the fucking producers and shit. Like he's like guys fucking his accountant to just be like, all right, I'll I'm gonna always take fifty percent of what you got, even though you're gonna be the one doing all the shit. Yeah. Oh my god, I hope that's not the case. Fucking someone's gotta help that guy. Well, I, I hope he has a successful future and whatever he does outside of uh, the UFC. Because yeah, hang it up. Uh, his career obviously like we're not gonna we're not looking at Diego Sanchez right now the way we did when he had that crazy run in the lightweight division um but I, I just hope you know he, he figures it out and I hope the, the next one is the last one because it, it's, it's been pretty painful to watch him uh just kind of go downhill so yeah. I'm you know just hoping for the best and hoping that the next one's the last and he goes out with uh, some sort of grace I think they're gonna cut him either way <laughs> I think you know what I mean even if he won I think they're like, all right, there you go. That's the cap it off. It's like, you know, what else can he, are you going to prove? You're never going to be a champ. So, I mean, just run right off the sunset. If you get a win, hopefully. Yeah. But now we're at the main event. The main event. I will argue that we are still in the blessed era. I've said that multiple times. Max Holloway was robbed in his last fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. You're so mad. I remember watching that with you. You're like, what? There's, what? There, there's no way. And I, I don't remember who else. I was talking about this with somebody the other day on, on a podcast. And I was just so fired up. And just going back and watching it, even to this day, you watch that fight. And yeah, people argue, oh, Alex turned up in the fifth round. But that's fine. That's the fifth round. But you got to look at the fight as a yeah. whole. Because uh, what about the other four rounds that they fought? Like Max Holloway, there's no way he legit lost that fight like just go back and, and there's so many like people that i respect um, when it comes to mma when i listen to their opinions on the fight uh like the majority like we're all in the same camp that max didn't lose that fight that's why there was even talks of him uh, running back for a third time right away but it, um, obviously uh things didn't pan out which is totally fine but uh the, the fact that there was even talks of doing that like it just shows that man like a lot of people see that Max, uh, you know, didn't really lose that fight when, when you look at it like objectively and you just don't pay attention to the actual verdict. The uh, fight was horseshit, 100%. <laughs> like, infuriating. It's got to be one of, the, one of the only fights that I've seen where a person has been knocked down twice via strikes because uh, Holloway dropped Volkanovski twice in round one and around, in round two. Volkanovski at no point knocked Holloway down with strikes at all. 
he kept trying to take him down after round three and I think secured maybe one of them or two of them where he actually held Holloway down. Other than that, Holloway got up every single time. And the only difference was Volkanovski was trying to shoot more takedowns. And I think the, the judges, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because it looked like Volkanovski was turning it up or if it's because he was doing these takedowns in later rounds, they put more, more value in those takedowns than the knockdowns that happened in the beginning of the fight with strikes and Holloway was piecing him up on the feet the entire time. Like it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I think Holloway's still in his prime at this point. I mean, he, you could, you could tell he readjusted and really had a good solid game plan against Volkanovski. I honestly think it was Volkanovski. You probably didn't want to get the fight again. And, you know, he probably wants to try to get a better, it's just more, you know, I mean, you can argue, that Volkanovski lost, but you know, on the judges, unfortunately, they gave it to him. So the run it back, it's a hard sell. But hopefully, with both of them winning, or maybe if Volkanovski loses, Holloway gets to fight Volkanovski, maybe not a title, or maybe Holloway gets to fight for the title and then he wins it from whoever beats Volkanovski and then they rematch like that. Hopefully, never know. Well, I, I, I would love for that fight to happen again. I think doing three in a row, though especially yeah. after technically Holloway's loss twice is like a pretty weird look considering yeah. the other people in the vision that I think would deserve title shots at some point. Ortega. Uh, I mean, man, Ortega versus Volkanovski would be a hell of a fight. And I, I honestly think Ortega would win. He smokes him. That's what they're planning. Um, that's uh, then, listening to all the reports and reading up uh, the, the plan is to do Alexander versus Brian Ortega for the title. And then the winner of uh, Holloway catered gets the next shot, but um, but uh, I, I feel like if Ortega wins over Volkanovski for sure, Max if he wins, um, but with uh, Cater, um, no matter who wins over Ortega or Volkanovski, um, he should be the next one to slide in there. But if I'm being honest, when I look at the Brian Ortega Volkanovski matchup, I'm putting my money on Volkanovski. I like him in that fight. I think he'd submit him, to be honest. Even if he took him down, I think he'd get him off his back. I, oh, sorry. I would go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. I I was just gonna say I have not bought into the Brian Ortega 2.0, all this hype. Um, He shaved his head, man. What are you talking about? He's 2.0. He's different. Don't even look the same. Aerodynamic. (laughs) I I just haven't seen enough because yeah, um, you know, he was off for two years. He had one fight in 2020. I want to see more of him, but when I look at uh, you know Volkanovski, I, I just like him in that matchup against Brian Ortega. I, I feel like he could put the pressure on, and uh, he's I feel like a true champion. Um, obviously, like um, you know, I was talking about how Max beat him, but when I look at his skill set, I, I I don't see any uh, trouble that he would have against Brian Ortega. Like obviously, yeah, he'd have to be careful of uh, his jujitsu, but I feel like. Uh, that wouldn't be that big of a problem for Volkanovski to, uh, uh, you know, uh, have to worry about. Cause obviously it's a known thing. It's not like a secret thing. So he would be, uh, you know, well prepared for that. And I feel like he would do just fine in that matchup. And I think he could walk away with that victory. Yes. We'll find out. I mean, that's if, even if they do it next, you know, who knows? No, I, I think they will. Cause um, there's, yeah. there's definitely nobody else. I, w- I would, I would see, I would go for Ortega. Okay. And here's why. I think the way he struck Korean Zombie 
in terms of like striking on the feet was just absolutely phenomenal. I think he very clearly learned from the Holloway fight and developed a whole new skill set. Now, I don't think his striking is necessarily his key to victory. I just think Volkanovski is not going to try and take Ortega down the same way he was taking Holloway down. I think Ortega is too much of a threat on the ground for Volkanovski to try and secure takedowns like he did against Holloway. And based off of what he did to Korean Zombie, I could see Ortega using his reach and keeping distance and just peppering him and winning a decision if it stays on the feet. Well, Volkanovski has a longer reach, which is weird to think about because he is kind of short. Does he really? Yeah. That's he touched the floor when he fucking walks or what? Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's fucking short too, you know? Yeah. And, well, I, and I say Volkanovski short and him and I are, are the same height. But I'm short me. But... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. Shots fired. <laughs> okay. You're, you're Brian Ortega. I'm Volkanovski. Let's fucking go. Dang. I don't have MMA training not like you. No, we got to. Uh, don't you own UFC three? Is it three? Is that the latest one to come out or four? I don't, I don't think they have cross play on it. It's four. Well, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, I'm not buying. I'm going to your house and to play. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, but, when it gets added, the EA play, we play it. But that's definitely uh, obviously a fresh matchup. Um, obviously, we've seen Volkanovski uh, fight you know, Max Holloway back to back. It'll it'll be nice to see him against different competition. But I am curious to see how Brian Ortega does if that's the matchup that actually happens. Because like I said, I'm not sold on him coming back and winning one fight and. There's just uh, too much time that's uh, been passed. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they both show up and if we can get a full fight and see how their skills match up. I think uh, because of people's perception of those Holloway fights, I think Volkanovski has to go in there and really like dominate if he wants people to kind of forget about the Holloway thing because we all think Holloway won, you know? Yeah. And Hopefully, well, I'm sure he's thinking of that and his performance will reflect it. Yeah, they always say that. Like, I mean, you look at Israel, like a lot of people were already counting him out after the Romero fight, but then came back and destructed uh, Costa. So it's always, you're always going to be the reflection of your last fight. And that's unfortunate for Volkanovsky because it's, you know, put a little asterisk next to him. But yeah, I mean, who knows what the pressure, who knows? Maybe, I mean, I know the Cejudo, you know, has been calling him out. Maybe they might do that. Maybe he might lean towards that too. You know, you never know. Uh, he want he want to be quad C. I don't know if that's that's not as, <laughs> not as good as triple C, but yeah. So, I mean, I feel like everyone's going to be leaning Holloway on this. So, what do you think Calvin would need to do to win this fight? I think it's going to be way closer than people think it is. Um, I think that Qatar is going to try and look at the Dustin Poirier-Max Holloway fight and model a strategy after what Dustin Poirier did because both of them are really good on the feet and maybe maybe it works out for them. But I don't know. Max Holloway is, like, insane. He's, super, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, Max Holloway is considered one of the best featherweights ever. Yeah. So, I mean, Definitely. you can't just count him out, you know, and especially after his – even at a loss, people think, you know, he's still as good as he is. That's, you know, that speaks volumes on your skill. And 
I can see him being that determined to, but yeah, I think Calvin's pretty talented himself. I mean, he got to where he's at because of his skills and he's had some pretty impressive wins, but I mean, if you look at, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you never want to believe in MMA math, but you look in terms of who they've fought and what they've done. I mean, Holloway's is just leagues ahead, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's the beauty of MMA. You never know. You know, this could be Calvin's shining moment. But uh, I still kind of lean towards Holloway, regardless of that. But I think it's a really good matchup. I think it's really interesting. It's a really yeah. um, entertaining one, and I think they're both going to really bring it. I I agree with that. I think I think it's just I think it's going to be closer than what it's being made out to be. Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, uh, all right. Well, okay, Jamie. <laughs> he's all. He's all. Yeah. Okay. Shout out. Shout out to the the New England Mafia. But this isn't their time. We're, we're like I said earlier. We're we're still in the blessed era. Max Holloway. Uh, he he has the whole package, man. I I don't see anywhere that uh Cater can outshine max like even when it comes to their cardio their striking their ground game i i think max is just better in every aspect yeah cater um is, is there for a reason a talented fighter that knockout against jeremy stevens is fucking nasty if you haven't seen yeah. it please go watch it because it was insane but i just I, I just don't see where he can get max holloway because max holloway is uh his his fight iq is just so high so and especially him coming off of uh, you know back-to-back losses, he knows what's at stake for him, and he knows where he wants to be. And uh, this is just another uh, fight for him. So I don't think uh, it's going to be that much of a challenge for him. I think he's going to be able to show up and remind people, like, hey, like I was the champ for a reason. Uh, yeah, like he he stumbled at 155 against Poirier, which I wish he would never would have done. Uh, and th- those Volkanovski fights. Uh, First one, fair play. He lost, but the second one, I swear he won that one. So, I, I honestly don't see a situation where Max Holloway loses this fight. So I'm seriously putting all my money on Max Holloway to go in there, and I, I think he'll finish uh, Calvin Cater. I, 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 I see them standing and wanting to prove uh, uh, who's the better striker because obviously, uh, Calvin Cater is known for his boxing. You know, like I mentioned earlier, him down there at the New England Mafia with him and Rob Font and everybody else down there, and also Max Holloway. Hey, Rob uh, Font had a good dude, fight great, recently too. great fight against Marlon Marais, whipped his yeah. ass, which was crazy. Um, I, no one expected that. No, <laughs> no, Marlon. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're represented by your team, I mean, that's a good sign of where Calvin might be headed too. But yeah, so what do you think? What what's your pick? Yo, I'm going Max Holloway. He likes the fourth round, so let's go Max Holloway TKO fourth round. Okay, Jeff. Max Holloway via decision. Okay. I was thinking uh, Max KO round three. Oh. Okay, for sure. So we'll see. We'll see. We might all be wrong. Oh my! Imagine on the other side, and we're gonna we're gonna tune in and be like, "Well, we got that wrong." Yeah, Calvin Cater just surprises all of us. Uh, Hey, you know what? That's I would. You know, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't even be mad. You know what I mean? It's just. Sometimes it happens. I mean, you need new blood. You need people rise to the top. And if he could do it, kudos to him. Hopefully, uh, Li Jing Lang goes in there and whoops on Pons and Ebio. That'd be pretty interesting. 
I wouldn't be mad at it. I'm not even like a big Ponzinibbio fan per se. Yeah. But well, he's been out for so long. That's the thing. It's like the same thing. You're you're reflected by your last fight, and if you've been out of the picture for a little bit, unless you're like a big name, you kind of fade, unfortunately. I'm curious. Wait, why is Jeff flipping and trying to uh, join the Asian community now? When he was <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not flipping. I'm still picking Ponzinibbio to win. Okay, but like. My mind is telling me Ponzinibbio wins that fight, but I wouldn't be mad if he lost to your boy. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I appreciate that. So, yeah, that's our picks for UFC the first time on ABC. UFC crazy. on ABC. Kind of weird to say. Huh? Like, you, who would have ever expected the UFC to be on ABC, you know? Well, when they're blowing out every other sports in the world with their numbers disney wants that they're like we need those numbers for our weird network that's not doing so hot let's bring this sport that we haven't really showed a whole lot of love to let's put them on network tv and see how they actually do hopefully it does well man i i mean i i i want to see ufc continue to rise and really build its status you know more and more because i mean it has been you know but it's still you know, generally, if you bring it up, people go, oh, okay. You know, it's still kind of like, there's some people that are into it, but it's still generally, you know, unless it's like a big name, you know, like you'd have to say like McGregor's fighting or, you know, you got to say someone that they really know. Or a lot of times if you talk to people, they go, they kind of reference the older fighters. If, you know, they don't really pay attention to the MMA or UFC in general, they kind of be like, oh, is that guy still fighting? You know, and it's like someone that is like, fights you know it'd be like diego sanchez is someone where you're like yeah he fights but you might not want to watch him you know yeah <laughs> but hopefully you know with the being on abc we start seeing maybe some more growth i mean it's already been growing they've already been having record numbers so who knows could be projecting more and more i'm hoping that it, it does well obviously i'm not too excited. Like it's cool that it's on ABC, but for me, I'm just I don't really fucking care. Like I'm still gonna watch it on ESPN Plus. I'm not yeah, gonna go seek too. out ABC to to watch it there. Um, for everybody who who is gonna watch it there, cool. I'm glad that they have access to it. But for me, I just uh, still see them as being something that's gonna be on the, the internet going forward. I, I I see Fight Pass and ESPN Plus uh, just being the like home for UFC going forward for a really long time. I agree. Yeah. I think uh, probably sooner than we think, ABC, NBC, Fox, they're going to have to really reevaluate their strategy because more people are shifting towards online mediums and streaming services as it is anyway. 100%. Yeah, I think that's just the wave. I I mean, you even got like if you get Spectrum or things like that, you, you can pick an Apple TV or, you know, something else. You know, rather than that traditional cable box. So, I mean, honestly, if they were smart, they would start moving towards like apps rather, you know, where it's like most people have smart TVs or things like that, or you give people the options of Jamie going fucking alien on us right here. Oh, is my a, camera being on? Dang, freaking predator in your room or what? Oh, no. Um, don't, don't worry about my, my camera. It's fine. Okay. Well, for me, it's, you're all green, boy. We're good. I'm, I'm green. There you go. Switch it up. <laughs> but uh, man, it it's crazy. 
you know, and then all these fights coming back, I'm hyped, you know. I, I'm glad we have them so in quick succession because we know we got the one on Wednesday and then we got the one on the following, the big pay-per-view of the, you know, start of the year. It's going to be fun to talk about those and really dive into them too. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, one thing that I want to talk about before we uh, sign off uh, today, uh, uh, pretty big news when it comes to uh, USADA and the UFC. They basically oh, yeah. talked about um, you know, uh, the elimination of um, marijuana use as a UFC violation, which I think is proper. I feel like this is a long time coming. So the yeah. fact that uh, yeah. you know, beginning uh, you know, uh, January 1st, uh, a positive drug test for a THC, um, which is a psychoactive ingredient in uh, cannabis, um, won't be considered a violation, which I, I think is fair because uh, when, when you think about it, like nobody's really smoking weed uh, to for performance, yeah, for yeah. Any, like you know, performance <laughs> enhancements. So the, yeah. the, the fact that they're um, not going to use that as a violation, I, I think, is uh, a, 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 you know, a step in the right direction because um, uh, we've been like uh, trained with all this propaganda over the years that weeds this negative thing when in, in all reality, and this is coming from a person who's straight edge who doesn't smoke that um, weeds is, is actually not that bad. It's not even bad. Like nobody's ever died from smoking weed. So for it to, you know, be looked at so negatively still is, uh, you know, stupid in my opinion. So the fact that um, this whole uh, violent, um, you know, it not being a violation anymore, I, I think it's awesome because I know a lot of people who smoke weed and um, I know there's a lot of UC fighters who, um, smoke weed so so it, it's something um, in my eyes something awesome and uh, you know should have been done a long time ago yeah yeah especially oh go ahead jeff i was just gonna say i'm on board with it should have been done a long time ago um it sucks that people like nick diaz had to essentially have their careers ruined because of it mm-hmm. and it's kind of frustrating that stuff like that has happened in the past but Obviously, they're moving forward, so that's a good thing. You think they'll change the results? Because they've overturned a few fights because of marijuana. You think that they'll go backwards? And no, probably not. So. But yeah, hey, if John Jones can fight on cocaine, I don't see why someone can fucking can't fight on marijuana because it's not gonna. <laughs> you know, I think that's a lot worse. But that's probably why Nate Diaz coming back. Maybe they did that to kind of try to identify some of those people because I, I feel like they're getting a lot of complaints about it because it's a natural way for people to relax and kind of you know maybe you know helps with your body aches things like that there's a lot of medical reasons for it too so it just didn't make sense because i mean it's legal in a lot of states now too yeah, yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if it becomes federally legal it soon should be too. it well, might because you know real dude, quick you like gotta a, think oh go ahead Fuck John Jones. But all right, go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> oh I was, was going to say, you got to think, man, not even talking about big name fighters, but Buckley worked at Walgreens, right? Mm-hmm. You got to think there's these fighters out there that are working jobs, training on the side, just super fucking stressed out, man, yeah. and can't even, can't even smoke a joint if they want. Yeah. They can. Maybe it'll help. They can now. This is this is MMA in 2020. Oh, excuse me, 2021. Dang. I'm, also, I'm still living in the past. My bad. 2021. Uh, I'm I'm hoping we see a lot of positive change because we're gonna get Reebok's gonna be gone, which I'm so stoked for. I I've yeah, never I've never 
Never bought a Reebok fight kit in my entire life. I always laugh when I see anybody wearing one. Like, yeah, I remember we saw that guy wearing one. We we're like, what the hell? Yeah, right. That guy's a fucking idiot. And he was like the only person. We went to a UFC event and we saw one guy wearing a fight kit. Everybody else was like, what the fuck? This guy's a weirdo. Yeah. They must have. I wouldn't be surprised you can find a lot of those clearance, like towards, you know, once the deal's over. Yeah. Just like, you probably get a pretty cheap one. Then you might see more people with it because everyone likes a good deal, regardless of how they feel about yeah. shit, you know? Yeah, I'm not paying $80 yeah, for a fight get, kit. Oh. Yeah, you can make your own fight kit too. But what are you going to say, Jeff? Where are you going to get? I was going to say a couple things. I want to get a fight kit of somebody who got cut. Oh, that's yeah. like kind of like no name. I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I doubt this would ever happen, but I would love to see somebody walk out ripping a blunt and then win a fight oh my god I would yeah love- they're not gonna allow that <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> obviously it'll never happen but maybe nate diaz or someone like that go down because yeah. they didn't do that at press conferences i think like someone uh, just would yeah it, it was I, uh, seeing it it oh, was a uh, cbd yeah, it was yeah a cbd, it was a CBD. yeah mine was in the right place though true yeah true honestly doing stuff like that is what normalizes it a little bit too but uh, all right, well, dude, I'm so stoked that we we're able to do this. Uh, yeah. We'll be back uh, for everybody listening. We'll be back for the next two weeks. Uh, we're gonna have this awesome six schedule. We're gonna talk about the Kiesa Magni card, which is on a Wednesday, and then we're gonna come back for the big pay per view. Conor we'll McGregor. Conor McGregor. Wait, hold on. Let me pay respect. It's actually Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor too. We gotta, oh, we gotta give Poirier. He's the A side in this fight, so we, we gotta, you know, give him that. Love. That's gonna be weird. McGregor coming out second. Oh God! Yeah, so we'll or be first. back. Yeah, first we'll be back. Uh, we should have a special guest for the next two cards uh, or the next two podcasts. So hopefully that works out. But um, anything else before we sign off here, you guys? No, I'm good. I'm glad you know we got to do this again, and you know, looking forward. Maybe 2021 being a year, maybe we get to watch a fight again, and maybe in real life, who knows? Oh, but I would doubtful. love that, <laughs> Jeff. What's the name? What's the name of that guy? Gavin, his last name. Who's fucking with Disney? Newsome. Fuck Gavin Newsome. <laughs> there we go. Fuck him. Hey. Is that it, <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I got. All right. Fuck yeah. Hey. Well, seriously, thank you guys again for listening. This is uh, super awesome. I I love talking MMA, especially with my friends. So this is a pleasure for us. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in, uh, guys and girls tuning in to the podcast uh, to hear us talk about a sport that we love. So uh, watch the fights, have fun, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>